You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. Radio is proud to present to you the second part of our special double bill. Today, Gabby Cabral interviews our newly elected Deputy Mayor, Imogen Draisma. Hello, this is Gabriella Cabral. Last month, a sea of change washed across New South Wales local government as more women and young people took up seats as councillors. Kaima Municipal Council has traditionally been male-dominated. Only one seat has been occupied by women for almost a decade. But lo and behold, in December, we welcomed four women councillors. And on the 11th of January, at the first ordinary meeting of council, the nine successful candidates voted for the mayor and deputy mayor. Our newly minted deputy mayor, Imogen Dresma, is the talk of the town. She's a woman, she's one of the youngest female local councillors in New South Wales and in the eyes of some, very new to politics. So today I'm getting up close and personal with Kaima's new Deputy Mayor, Imogen Dresma. Hello Imogen. Thank you for having me. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Now you're no stranger to Kaima Community Radio and its listeners. You spent some time volunteering for the station. Yes, I did. Now let's start from the beginning. Have you always lived in Kayama? No, uh, very early on I lived in Wollongong, but I moved here when I was four, so I've been here ever since and attended Kayama Public as well as uh, Minamar Public Schools. So you're very much a local? Yes. And what made you decide to study arts and law? Uh, I guess it was finding some balance. Law is very heavy, and for me, I obviously wanted something in terms of a degree or a double degree that I could use uh, in many different areas and in advocacy and also you know, knowing the ins and outs of the very things which give people powers or don't give people powers and you know, using those instruments and changing those instruments to meet the needs of the community. That was my biggest interest. So I had a, a background in performing arts, so I think that you know, law and arts both have a wonderful power to change the community for the better. Well, it is great to be a good communicator as a lawyer, isn't it? Were you politically active at university? Yeah, I still am. I, I joined the Labor Party when I started first year uni. was always very politically active and remember watching the 2007 election and Obama's election on the TV and kind of having an idea but having absolutely no idea about what was going on. But I think like a lot of women my age, I was really galvanised by Julia Gillard and her time as Prime Minister and specifically remembering before she became Prime Minister, we had a, a unit at school about Prime Ministers and we had this timeline of Prime Ministers strung up across the classroom and they were all men. And I remember looking up and going, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I guess, you know, we saw a, a large change and shift even just in the time I was in high school with Julia and the Me Too movement and kind of the real beginnings of a strong fourth wave of feminism, I guess, in our own community. So. Yeah, we live through interesting times, don't we? Yeah. You know, there, a lot has happened in that, in that forum. And is that what motivated you to run for council? No, I, there was certainly, you know, I had thought about it for a while, just being frustrated by any kind of level of leadership where we didn't have that diversity of voices 
and I didn't see my ideas or, or my perspective being represented and I'd been in other organisations and other leadership roles and I felt fairly confident and I felt like I had something to bring to the community but I think my decision to run for council was definitely solidified by you know March of last year and I did participate in the march at Canberra. It was a very important moment for Australia to realise how bad things really were across any kind of level of any organisation, including our own federal parliament, somewhere I had worked myself. So I think it, it just, I was like, yeah, this is what I need to do. This is what is the right thing to do as well. And to push aside those feelings like my voice as a young woman didn't meet the standard that others would expect, but it, it has an importance to it as well. Of course, you're referring to the incidents of sexual uh, violence, harassment yeah, towards yeah. women in, in Parliament House yeah, yeah. and the protests that happened as a result of that. What is your opinion on what the outcome of all that debate has been mm. since then? Quite disappointing in my books. It is disappointing, I think, uh, in terms of the summit as well. There are a lot of factors which were very disappointing. And I guess yet again we're seeing the fact that women are raising this issue, uh, you know, Indigenous women are raising this issue as well and people of colour are raising these issues and, and men are expecting us to have all the answers again and conform to these, uh, I guess, symbolic forms of consultation and, you know, formulating solutions. I think it's very disappointing what we've seen, but it's also hopeful because it, throughout history we've had events or you know, incidents that have come to light. But this has been a really sustained period of voices. Women are not letting it go. No. We're not going to let it go. No, and I think that was very interesting being on the lawn of Parliament House and being surrounded by, you know, third-wave feminists from the 70s and they would like, this is different this time. You know, this feels so much more different than And enough is enough. Yeah, and enough is enough. Because they are hoping it will go away or that will go away. Yeah. Now, what do you say to those who feel you're inexperienced and Mm. and too young, perhaps, to be a councillor, let alone a deputy mayor? Yeah. I think people need to change their perception of what leadership is. Some of the best leaders are leaders who come from a particular moment in time. You, You know, you look at people like the former New South Wales RFS commissioner, someone who had had some experience in the area for a very long time but something like the the black like summer bushfires was something completely different and monumental and you know he as a leader was able to rise to that challenge and obviously that's a, a very large metaphor but I guess in that way the best leaders come out of very strange situations and very abnormal situations and I think this is what we're seeing across New South Wales. People like me are not rare now. We've seen, I think it was an 8.4% increase in women representation in local government. We did see a huge increase for representation of those under 30. So people just need to take this as, as an opportunity, I think. Um, and the and, electorate has spoken. They've the obviously voted for you, so there must be something and in it. S- and so have my colleagues. Um, you know, it's not, a, it's not a position that I take lightly, but it's something that I'm glad that they were able to see in me was that I was the balance, that I was something new. Uh, I brought new ideas. I was able to communicate very well to the community and 
I guess to know that I was always going to be that point of reference in terms of you do have people who have been long serving on council that understand the intricacies of the functions and the reasons why or why not some decisions have or haven't been made. But to have someone there as a leader, as part of that group, who can kind of, you know, come from that perspective of being a community member who didn't necessarily feel heard or have a platform to be heard, that will guide my decision making and that will guide my leadership. Uh, and Kaima residents obviously wanted new blood. They did. <laughs> Kaima Community Radio. For the community, by the community.
That track was Battle Road by Jive House. Let's return now to Gabby Cabral interviewing our new Deputy Mayor, Imogen Draysmer. I understand that behind the scenes, Council conducts an induction program to yeah. introduce people like yourself, the new councillors, to the range of responsibilities of Kaima Council. Have you been studying hard? Yes, <laughs> yes. No, and there's so much more to learn as well. We've had several sessions, but there's more to go exploring very specific aspects of council and its functions you know we've got media training and other things which are quite different and haven't been done before as well but you think would be very intuitive to what an induction would be for for leaders yeah yeah. in the community so what is your understanding of the role of deputy mayor it's it's a little bit flexible um it's what you make of it and it's what you as a collaborative team between the mayor and the deputy mayor make it as well you know obviously in a scenario where the mayor can't make a meeting then I'll chair it Um, but in most most of the capacity is being out there being part of the community and also ensuring that there is uh, unity between all the councillors that we work as a cohesive unit and meet regularly and it's quite a responsibility. It is, it is. But it's one I'm very excited about and I think over the past couple of weeks I can see that we are a very diverse team. We have a lot of different experiences amongst us and one of the things that we, we keep hearing from people who come to speak to us from external organisations is, you know, we really do have a wealth of knowledge and if we work well together then the community is in good hands uh, and so making sure that we stay in that in that kind of mindset that we are a collaborative team and that if we get adversarial then we are letting the community down we're putting ourselves first right now you worked for members of the new south wales and australian parliaments Mm. what did you learn working for these people Mm. i learnt what good government does and doesn't look like which is very invaluable particularly from a post black summer bushfires perspective the meaning of bureaucratic processes and community voice was really interesting. And just seeing the, I guess, the juxtaposition between what the government said it was providing the community and what people were receiving on the ground and and whether or not they felt heard was quite polarising. And it's something that I won't forget and it's something that very much shapes why I believe we do need diverse leadership um, and we need leadership that is closer to the community and less to the authorities and the bureaucracy that they intend to serve, I guess. So, mm-hmm. so, and it's been interesting being in opposition in both of those positions as well because it, it really changes your perspective of what you can and can't do and what's reasonable. It's, a diffi- it's difficult to work in, in government or in opposition either way, but there are very specific challenges that come with working in opposition that you don't find. You have to work much harder to get the solutions and plus you don't have the resources you don't don't have have the the public service backing you up no and yeah and working in a in a large federal electorate versus a a smaller state electorate as well even seeing that difference has been quite interesting um one in four people in in the Kaima municipality apparently i've read is under the age of 30 Mm. what issues do you think affect the young people in this area Mm. I think on a on a very holistic view is that there's a lot of uncertainty. We are in a very different world now. 
you might start a degree with a particular idea in mind about where you're going to go, but you know there's a potential that's that's going to be automated or it's going to be less of an aspect of the industry you want to go into. There's a whole range of things, you know, just the idea of nothing set in stone. Nothing set in stone, and and employment has shifted as well. It, having secure full-time employment is rare, you know, so that in turn makes decisions or things that would normally be you know achievable in the past like you know owning a house if you if you you finish your degree and had full-time employment off the bat then you could kind of you know go okay well in five years or ten years time you know I'll have this this and this or hopefully I'll be able to afford a mortgage that certainty is gone and housing affordability is obviously a big issue but also there are a lot of things that are just completely transient and unknown for people of my generation or so. But at council level though, I get the um, impression that decisions that you guys make now will have long-term effects, particularly, you know, environmental effects for the young people, for those people your age. Yeah. Does that responsibility weigh on you? It does, but in in a positive way Um, because I know that I have the capacity to articulate the feelings and the uh, concerns of the people of my age. So how long is your term in office? I understand it's quite short yes. because of COVID. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's two aspects of it. Um, so the obviously our election was pushed back twice, so it was due to occur uh, in 2020 in September. So our term is reflective of what would have normally been the term length. So it's only two years and nine months right. of this term. Uh, and in relation to my own personal term as deputy, um, the council will vote again on the mayor and deputy mayor in two years' time. So, at probably the January or February meeting uh, of you know twenty twenty four, I believe at that point. Yes. Yeah, so it, it's a relatively short term, but in saying that, there are a lot of documents you know that we have to review, um, and a lot of things that we need to look at in through a new lens, through a new strategic lens. We, as a council, uh, as a small regional council, we we have some unique challenges, uh, which are not, you know, um, unlike those to the south of us or similar councils, but um, they're they're unique in their own right. So, I guess the biggest challenge that we face is going: how do we prioritise? as a collective, as a council, what decisions we need to make in the, the short time that we have and how can we put the new council, obviously that new council will probably be reflective of some of those who are already on it, um, how will we put them in the best possible position to go forward? Right, right. Well, Kayama Radio is hoping to broadcast live later in the year, so we will be recruiting. Will you have time to do a radio with us? Yes, of course, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Imogen, thank you for your time, and we wish you all the best in your new role. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Glenn Shepherd. Join me on Mondays for Around the Arenas. KCR's sports program where you'll hear what's been happening in sport across our region. I'll also talk to sporting identities to get an insight into the sports they're involved in. If you'd like to send me information about your sport or club event to be included in the program, email me at kcradiocontent at gmail.com and I look forward to seeing you around one of our sporting arenas.
You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.